Previously on Anything Goes. So, Christina, there was a girl that listened to two episodes of the show, and oh, she yeah. just said, is that true what the people on the show said about the oh, girls no. that you like? I oh, swear no, to God. Really? And I just was like, no, that's just, they just oh. take shots at me. Because she jo- thought it was like a shot at her own weight because I was interested in her. Oh. Or was she tender? Own, yeah. Pardon? Oh, was she tender about it? Was she upset? <laughs> she was not thrilled. Did she throw herself at some food when she was upset? No, just in front of a subway train, which is the way you <laughs> like it, Darren. <laughs> She's Somebody dead now honestly? because of the things that you said. Honestly, you guys. Somebody... You told her what I find attractive in women, and she killed herself. Honestly, I hope you're happy. Somebody... Don't be. Don't find that attractive, Dave. <laughs> oh, so it's so it's my fault. What makes my dick hard, huh? <laughs> I guess it is. I have no. What, I was is it born my this fault? Way. Is there a little fucking system that I'm cranking and cranking at the bottom of your no. cock to make it go hard? No. No, but so... you're poisoning the minds of the women that no. I might find attractive hey. and trying to oh, no. get with. We're and cock then... blocking, Dave. Yeah. Martin. It is a serious saying. cock block. Serious. Oh, no. Wow. Serious XM cock block. Could... <laughs> yeah, it's an XM cock. Block. Channel one fifty three. <laughs> is or... it? Wow. Old Channel's cock blocking days. It is. Well, you two are at the end of that cock, shoving it in slowly. Yeah. You two are the balls that are driving the cock that's not letting me get any pussy. And now, let's get to a new exciting show. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Are you ready for some laughs? Are you? Guess which host has to start their car with a breathalyzer? This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost. How the fuck am I funny? And Dave Martin. What have we got here? A fucking comedian. Can you dig it? Hey there, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, Sit back and here's another episode of... Anything goes for the week of November 20th. Uh, on this episode, we're talking to uh, Kevin Stobel. Once again, we were bunkered down in Calgary while, while uh, Darren Frost and I were doing the Yuck Yucks in town. And uh, here's Darren for us, a little Kevin Stobel update. Yeah, so we sat down with Kevin. I've known Kevin for a long time. And in fact, he was there when I had my bit of a meltdown at Just for Laughs in uh, 2000. And five, I believe. We actually talked about that at certain points in the interview. It was a really fun interview because I haven't seen Kevin in a long time. He's done a lot of TV and, and stuff and been kind of staying more local to Alberta. And it's not uh, one of the great reasons we took the show on the road is to be able to interview comics that don't always make it to Toronto or other major metropolitan cities. And so we came to them. So uh, here's Dave. <laughs> Um, yeah, in this segment, we talk about uh, what Kevin's doing stand-up-wise, corporate comedy, and cruise ships, and uh, you know, we get into you know how comics define one being a stand-up and whatnot. But uh, uh, here's the conversation. Enjoy, Kevin Stobo. But how how often are you doing stand-up these days? I'm just uh, me. I'm just a lot of corporates. A lot right. of uh, I. Literally, we were talking about having kids. I have two daughters, single dad, uh, right. well, divorced, remarried dad, but uh, <laughs> that's part <laughs> of the I, I like how you fucked that whole, <laughs> you know, divorced. It was a horrible husband first time around. And then, but uh, the list was getting longer, too. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Had that gay stretch for a while. And, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but, Convicted uh, felon, but I got out, and now I got a <laughs> Uh, for me, it's a lot of uh, corporates, and uh, I should be doing more of these comedy Monday nights and going to hell Sundays and stuff. And I wish I did, but a lot of it is, you know, you're home with the family. You don't energy, want to leave the house. Energy, man. Energy. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Energy. yeah. You're, you're paying the rent one way. It's hard to kind of, when you have kids, like I have three kids, so I get it. You yeah. Know, it's, 
the amount of time I can even get out and do that is significantly less. I still try, but it's hard. And I usually get into that rut, which is a bad rut of I have my, you know, hour show that I do with the, you know, the fundraiser in Stetler, Alberta or something. Sure. Do a great show there. But, you know, I'm, I come home feeling a little bit empty because I did the same show last week in, you know, Lethbridge or something like that. Right, you know what right. I, mean? I should get out there and expand myself more going to comedy Monday nights. And when I do, which I have done a few times. I feel great. I feel better than I would, you know, killing for an hour in some corporate. Yeah, I know, but like, do you have the sort of act that you know that you find uh, being a, like a more of a corporate comic it restricts it? Because I mean, some people do and some people don't, and uh, some people be like, "Oh, I can't do this in my corporate act." Oh, I, I feel, you know, oh, I see I what you mean, but I think yeah. that I think that I have to get back to just writing material to write material to, to uh, you know, prove to myself that, yeah, I'm still a comic. I can yeah. still write new stuff. And when sure. I do write new stuff and it works, feel like a million bucks, right? Yeah, but I, I Even if I can't wear, use it at a corporate or not, if it kills it at comedy Monday night, like, boy, that was worth, you know, sitting yeah. down and writing for, you know? Yeah. Right. But it's sort of like those people that sort of, uh, that, um, that like that feel like they're cheating themselves just by doing corporate self stuff and not like, Oh, I'm, I'm not, being uh, respectful to the comic that I once right, right, or the comedy community looks at you like, oh, you know, he's just a corporate comic. You know, he's not. Well, my up attitude doing... has always been about corporate comedies. If your demeanor suits that kind of comedy, like you right, weren't, you weren't right. the devil on stage. No, you're, no, you're, no. Your persona is like kind of the nice guy. I, I'd like this guy to be at my house on the weekend when I have a barbecue. That's kind of it. I'm Western Canada's, you know, guy. Like I, right. you know, yeah, I, you're the guy. I can communicate here, to the farmer, you know? and yeah, yeah, yeah. But and, so when you are that on stage, you're not faking it. That's no, right. yeah, so right. It kind right. of lends itself to corporate comedy. I suppose, yeah, you know, yeah. For me, it's like. Um, it's whenever someone I know isn't that guy, but they're kind of putting on a suit to pay rent. Yes. I still understand it right, right. because we got to pay rent. Don't get me wrong. Absolutely. I don't judge. I just feel not sorry because it's like it's not that bad, but I feel sad that they don't have the ability to really do what they want to do. But due to finances, they have to do something else. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, It does sometimes you feel like, you know, you're a stripper at a noon brunch. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like she's just paying the bills, yeah. stripping during brunch, you yeah, know? Yeah, that corporate stripper. Yeah. Corporate stripper. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there are moments you, it, you, you do feel a little less of a true comic when you're just, you know, but making the, your money and coming home. and. But then, but then it's like, well, who makes the rules of what a true comic is? I guess. I if, guess. If, you know, if you're going on stage and you're making people laugh and you're not compromising, you know, your your comedic side, then you're still fucking comic. True. I, I've always thought that. I go, what's the difference between making uh, somebody laugh at the Toronto Super Club or some guy in Grand Prairie? Nothing. Nothing. And say he doesn't go home and kick his dog that night. You've made a little bit of a difference in yeah. uh, in hey, their you know, world, like you know, in the '90s, I toured through uh, Western Canada twice with Glenn Ottaway, who would be considered by elitist comics a prop act. And, sure, and yeah, we yeah. shouldn't talk to him, and he should be shamed and left <laughs> in his room alone. But that is the my attitude sometimes. was like, Glenn never got off stage going, "Did you see what I did out there? Those are my fans. They saw something tonight." He was just like, "Hey, I'm just here." I want, want to pay my rent. Right. I want to have a good time. I want to make people happy. And just you want, want to get home back. to your family. For me, just get home to the family. Right. And, you know. and my attitude is like, that is just as valuable as the elitist comics. I just don't like okay. it when, when someone thinks they're reinventing comedy. You know, like, remember the hypnotism was so big here in the 90s? Oh, yeah, yeah. They, they took themselves way too serious. Yes, and I'm yeah. like, look, dude, you're making people fuck chairs. I'm not judging you. <laughs> But you're not Kierkegaard. You're making people fuck chairs. Yeah. Afterwards, let's just go have drinks and go, I can't believe I'm making money people having people fuck chairs. Right, right. But don't go, I make people fuck chairs. You see that? See that? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's like there's a difference of like the mentality around it. 
Well, you guys are from Toronto. Do you not uh, get a sense of that from comics in Toronto? I, I uh, that you know, if you're not working on your act, you're not a real comic. No, I think that's a very. Um, I don't want to say his name because I don't want to give him any credit. I think that's a very early '90s kind of been bred into us thing of a certain generation of comics. Okay, well, and that's maybe of what I of got our in my generation. Head, yeah. Who were like, you know, you got to do this, you got to do that, and we follow a certain rule system, and we still kind of have that in the back of our head that we want that acceptance. But I don't find that the same way in Toronto anymore. Good. Well, yeah. I know we we talked to Rick Curry once, who's like a writer for uh, the, the Mercer right, Report, right. and uh, and we asked him like, because uh, I mean, he lives in Toronto, he, he works on the show, but he doesn't go out to rooms, and uh, but when we talked to him, he was sort of like. Yeah, I'm okay with not going out. Yeah, to I heard that it's, interview. Yeah, yeah. And but you're like sort of like it's so cool to me when someone and it's not like he's upset that he's not going out to rooms, and it's sort of like everyone has their own reasons for doing comedy and for leaving comedy, and it's sort of like well, if you are, uh, you know, sometimes we need that validation of being up on stage, and then uh, it, sometimes you get to a point where either you don't want it or you don't care for it or you're just confident to know that yeah, well, I'm funny enough that I don't need to go prove myself all the time. I guess, and you, like you make a living at it. And- yeah. You can have a home life still right. and not, you know, it's not like have... whatever makes you happy. I guess. Yeah. But there's always that uh, validation you need from other comics. Like, oh, yeah, that well, new what... five minutes was great. Yeah. But I you... mean, that's always there. Yeah. But like I said, I think it was kind of really bred into us in the 90s. For like, sure. Like, yeah. Because we you know, grew up in that. Like there's a certain era where it was just like, you've got to do this for the right reasons. If right. you're not doing it for the right reasons, you it's are an not art a stand-up form. comedian. Yeah. yeah. Well, you are I... not a stand-up comedian. Yeah, exactly. I saw, I saw a thing of uh, like... I guess Louis C.K. went off on a rant on some show about like uh, comics that do uh, cruise like ships. cruise ships, right? Yeah, and yeah. then I think he noticed how all these other comics got on board, were just like fuck those cruise ship comics. And then he was on like Jimmy Kimmel like a couple months later, just going like, "Listen, I said some stuff about cruise ship comics, and I don't, I don't really mean it. That's what they do. That's right. fine." And there's the, hacks on cruise ships, and there's great comics for sure. Yeah, changing their act a little bit to pay the rent. But exactly, it's all about paying the bills. In, in my opinion, especially living out west, right? You know what I mean? That's, Dude, after 22 years old, you're not in your parents' basement. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly. About paying, it's about paying your bills. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and when you have a family, it's about you know making yeah. sure they're looked after. I and, wish that and I not could... getting drunk on a Thursday at an open mic somewhere, you know, which well, I still do once in a while. Don't yeah, judge yeah, me. Do not judge me. <laughs> Come find me on Thursday. <laughs> the, uh, but I wish, like I, and you know, there's. There was like a thread on some Toronto comedy uh, page about what's hack and stuff like that. Right, hack's always a funny, yeah. But that's it's sort of like, trust me. There's, there's, uh, you, you'll get to a point where you're sort of like, fuck, I, I, I wish I could be a hack. I wish I could be. I don't, not that I wish I could be a hack, but I wish I could do really, really accessible material sometimes. I see what you're saying. So and I get could paid do, well to do it, and yeah, yeah. I'd love to be able to do a, a corporate thing, but it's just, it's, it's somehow not in me, or it's not something that I've figured out how to do yet. I'd love to be able to do a cruise ship. It's not, and I sure. would look at it like, but I look at it and be like, hey, I'm on a cruise. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah, yeah. yeah but These it, girls can't get off. I can touch them and do whatever I want. You, well, you, I you always get jealous of the guy at the comics on Facebook taking pictures there you're sitting in somewhere in Trinidad and Tobago like hey yeah. here's my here's my view and we're, and we're going there not real comics. yeah contrast the picture like, uh, your guys's picture from the hotel here in Calgary yeah, to yeah. Uh, to Jason Blanchard yeah. and yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. As, lo- <laughs> as long as long as the uh, you know as, as long as it's my hate my big problem with people like that are always like the, the humble brag of uh, uh, the humble brag, I can't yeah. believe I got him in the Miami <laughs> yeah again. my plane to Jamaica was six hours yeah. late yeah. Yeah. oh my god I can't how fruit, fresh this fruit is on this. <laughs> I can't believe, oh my God, the women are walking on topless. <laughs> Just the one standing away. All right, that's the end of part one with Kevin Stobel. Stay tuned. Come back after the break. This is Anything Goes for the week of November 20th. Bite the pillow. It's going in dry. 
This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost and Dave Martin. Yeah, whenever you're ready. This is Ivan Decker. We're listening to Anything Goes on Sirius XM. I mean, do it one more time, but just say you're listening to. Because yeah. if, if you said we, everyone's going to look around them and go, what the fuck? Yeah. Who else is in my everyone. car? Everyone what is. the fuck is going on here? <laughs> but just do it. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, we'll just, okay, yeah, do it again. You're listening to, Got not it. me, but you are. <laughs> uh, we're Ivan Decker. Oh, no. I, ah, okay, hang on. This is Ivan Decker, and you're listening to Anything Goes on Sirius XM. Yeah, that's good. Smoother than a stripper's area. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost and Dave Martin. All right, welcome back to the show. This is Anything Goes, and we're going to continue our talk with Kevin Stobo from Calgary. Yeah, in this episode, uh, I mean, in this segment, excuse me, uh, Darren and uh, Kevin are catching up on their JFL experiences, and uh, we get in a little bit into, well, actually a, a lot into, uh, Kevin's work on the, the TV and, and movie show that he did in Calgary, and uh, what it was like for him to do uh, press junkets and interviews and other things like that, but, uh, uh, you know, uh, we'll stop wasting time, and we will get to the second segment of uh, our chat with Kevin Stobel from Calgary. Anything goes for the week of November 20th. Enjoy. Yeah, so uh, you know. one of the last times we hung out together, believe it or not, I, I remember it very, uh, very vividly, was the 2005 oh, uh, Just geez. for Laughs. That was that long ago. And well. you, you came in. I'd already been there. I'd done the Nasty Show. I'd done like 18 shows. And then you landed on the Thursday right. or something to do your gal on the Friday. Right, or yeah. Maybe a little earlier. But then we both had to do these shows after our gala. Yes. And the, I was going nasty. crazy, and I wanted to quit just for last. And right. Kay Robinson told me not to, and I was going nuts. Well, didn't you have a camera crew following you there yeah, to start the week? Was, and it went nowhere, and they fucked me. But anyways, but I remember <laughs> screaming screaming outside the van, and you and Nikki Payne were in the back. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck you, Frenchies. Like yeah, this, yeah. And the driver is like all nervous. I thought we, we were going to get beat up, and you and Nikki were howling. Yeah, yeah. You like, you had a screw loose on that oh, one. Oh, fuck. <laughs> fuck you, you Frenchies. Oh, yeah. fuck. It was bad. It was bad. But you were insane. You'd been there for a long time. Way and too yeah, long. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, well, that's fucking, that's the province where setting a car on fire and flipping it over is just an afternoon thing. <laughs> yeah. Afternoon you know. delight. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah, that's their little... Uh, Instead of a siesta, they set a car on fire. I would not be comfortable with you, someone yelling "fuck you, Frenchie" in the in fucking in Quebec. Well, the, know, the poor driver, the poor driver of the van was. I know. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah. Uh, can you not? Uh, I think you put a flak put jacket on. Yeah. And I'm like, trust me, you don't want me to scream with the window up. It'll be a lot louder. Well, but I, do you remember the gala though, Darren? How like uh, oh. for me, it was probably the. It went from being a dream come true to one of the worst comedy me experiences. Too. In my life. Why? Me too. Why is that? Well, like, who were the hosts? It was. Uh, uh, Colin Mockery, Colin Mockery and Brad, Brad Sherwood. Sherwood. Right. So they did Im- improv to start. And I was first up, I believe, right? Yep, yeah. And they did some improv skit before they brought me on. They were being filmed upside down, and they were laying on the stage. So it looked like they were right side up, right? But yeah. they weren't. So yeah. they'd pour wine, and it hit the... And just killed, right? Just right. killed. And then it would be, okay, you ready for stand-up? And the crowd's like, no, no, we are not. We yeah. want more of you guys. Yeah, terrible and idea. Terrible bro. idea. They just would they're, kill They're them. hilarious. But it's a terrible idea. They should have had some kind of more variety of music act first, but not a traditional. Yeah, band. yeah, that was yeah. Just bad booking. And and for, and for me, it was. Remember, you go there for the rehearsal in the morning, and uh, I, I was in a blur for me. And uh, they ask you what your last joke's going to be, right? 
So mine ends with something about pee, peeing in a garden or sleeping in somebody's garden at the time. Yeah. But it's a callback. I don't know if you remember this, Derek. Yeah, oh, I it's do. It's a callback. So I go up to the gala night, and the, ba- the band's been told what my last joke is, right? Get up to the gala. I, I say the line first, but it's not the ending. It's, it's not the callback. It's the second time, yeah. I, I say it the first time, and the band cuts in. Yeah, it starts playing. The band starts playing me off stage. Yeah. I sat there like a frozen deer. Yeah. Let the band kind of... I remember, the, yeah. Even the band kind of like, oh, shit, are we not supposed to finish my lame joke? Walked off to a smattering. Yeah. yeah. And like I say, just that went from... Because you always wanted to do Just for Laughs when you're a young comic. But you, actually, you know what? You want to do it when you're an old comic, too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I suppose, yeah. And when yeah. I say old comic, I mean me of age 40. <laughs> you, I think you always still want to do it. You but because I mean, it's something we all look forward to, right? And then for it to end like that was just... And then the rest of the week was depressing. But, you know, uh, that whole gala that night, nobody really Nobody destroyed. did well. No. Nobody did well. No. Um, and I remember, because I was on it... And I remember that they didn't air my gala at all. I believe mine did not make it as right? well. I well I've seen, actually, I've seen yours. Oh, you have? Oh, yeah. okay. Uh, I don't think your gala aired. I think what happened was the same thing that happened to me. What they did was for galas that they didn't want to air, but they still wanted to justify paying you the money they right, paid. Right, right. They made these shows called Best of the Fest. There you go. That's it. Yeah, and they just yeah. took a little minute thing that probably did well. Yeah. And that's what they did with me. But in reality, what they did with me is they took a minute out – but it was just a setup to a j- of a joke, so they left the punchlines off. So the crowd was kind of into it, but not really because they left the second half of the joke out. So it's like not only did it not air my gala, the thing they did air doesn't even really make that much sense. They air your setup. They air more of a setup. Oh man! And I remember getting trashed on that gala. I got trashed. Oh, boy, oh, boy. By the press. Oh, by the uh, press. So did I. Oh. Yeah. So did I. Yeah. They did not like us at all. Because I, like you say, mockery in Sherwood though. Holy smokes! They did one thing before they. I think before they brought you on, didn't they do the mouse trap thing yeah, or something? Yeah. Where they're doing improv with mice uh, mouse traps on there. Yeah, they got yeah. traps, and... mouse traps. I've seen it, yeah. yeah. It's, 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 it's funny. And it but... kills. And then, okay, here's stand-up. Yeah. Yeah. It's too much of a, a change in gears. To it, exactly, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I just, I was like, that uh, That was kind of the final straw. Have and, you been uh, back since uh, to no. do anything else, like a, no. a nasty thing? No, I went no? from doing 22 shows in <laughs> yeah. one year to never going back. Oh, boy, oh, boy. And they're coming through soon to do another, uh, what Tour. do you know? No, no, well, no, the, the, whoever comes through to watch comics to oh, oh, showcase, uh, showcase yeah, yeah. one. Right. And yeah, I've said, yes, I'll do it again, but I know full well they're not going to invite me back because uh, I've had my chance. I think that's how Just for Last works too, right? In, in some cases, although, you know, uh, you know, in fairness, it's a new uh, kind of era there. Uh, Zoe, who's a really nice right. person, is the kind of new booker. So I think it's kind of a fresh eyes type thing. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah. Uh, but I think that my reputation of what happened kind of preceded it because I'm not easy to get along with. Right, I don't right. think they liked how much I screamed about, <laughs> Frenchies. you know, everything. We're so. gonna, I'm going to have to uh, section that piece of audio where Darren says he's not easy to get along with. <laughs> have, that, have that at the Put beginning that on of a loop, every baby. single show. No. Every day, that should be a ringtone when you wake yeah. up. I'm not easy to get along with. Fucking right That's here. your alarm clock right there, yeah. The, uh, and so it's, uh, but I mean, now where was that uh, Just for Laughs gala as far as like the, the scope of your career? Was Like how long had that you been mid, doing it? That was mid to compare to right now. Yeah, I think so, yeah. I, maybe when did I was, you start doing comedy? I was 30. I started when I was 20, so I was probably 30 when I got the gala. Okay. Or something like right. that. So how, 40 how now, 40 now. 40 so. now, okay. And uh, you guys, you say you're 40, 40. I'm right? 42. 42. Uh, at what at what point do we like? Is this our career for the rest of our lives? That, well, yeah. I'm, I when I so. turn forty, I'm starting to have a real discussion with myself. Like, do it? Does Daddy get a real job? And well, every uh, comic know? does that at yeah. forty. Every yeah. comic does. But I guess we. Like I was talking I, to Ian Sirota, who's headlining the club this week coming, and he's like, you know, what? Uh, what am I going to do? I'm like, yeah. well, you, maybe you have to go back to school because exactly. I, I yeah. might, I'm thinking. I've thought it. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, it, it's one of those things, especially when my kids are getting older. My oldest is in junior high, and now. Uh, 
she's starting to ask, like, you know, do you have a Blue Cross plan, Daddy? And, yeah, well, yeah. Geez, maybe I should, you know? Yeah. Well, no, I, <laughs> you know? There's a, there's a, a bar, of, of course, it's a bar that I drink at where there's this uh, <laughs> guy that works at Purolator, and every once in a while, you know, I'm like, well, hey, man, you're getting off work at the same time I'm here, and uh, I've just, uh, oh, uh, what the, what do you do? You just drive in that truck, and you go to places it and drop shit bad, off? Right? Yeah. It doesn't seem so bad, or you see someone scooping ice cream, it's like, well, they probably get this amount of money, and I'm... No, uh, the free ice cream they want. Yeah, oh, yeah, they're going to I like yeah. ice cream, so what's the big deal? <laughs> yeah. They don't have to sell their soul every night. That's it, and then no. when you're driving to Regina in minus 30 and the snow's yes. blowing. Yeah, I mean, if, I'm driving, what a, doing? if I'm driving to Regina to, to scoop ice cream, then I'm like, okay, well, I've, <laughs> I've picked a then fucked you just, up profession. Just go into the ditch on purpose, just yeah, to end it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, all this shit's going to melt in the back, and that's how I have to live on this stuff. But, like, I know when I went to Just for Laughs, I was, oh, man, I had, like, stars in my eyes. For I was, sure, sure. I was doing one show, and I really thought, uh, oh, man, I had, and I had VHS tapes with me. Wow. Oh, uh, that shows you how long ago it was. It was two, I, year, I, two years I, ago. <laughs> <laughs> I was a little bit, yeah. A little you know, behind. A little late to pick Anybody up Anybody got on, a beta uh, machine? Yeah. yeah <laughs> dragging in a wheelbarrow. <laughs> the, um, uh, and then, like, I had packages and stuff like right. that. And uh, I was I was really excited to be there, and uh, uh, and then I had my one show, and it did not go the way that I wanted it to. Uh, what was uh, the venue? Was it the? It was it was Club Soda, okay, it was, which is a nice. I yep. love that. I, yeah. I, well, it was Club Soda, Allod, nineteen ninety nine. Okay, okay. So it wasn't this. It's it was still a nice venue, but you could definitely tell back then it was for more for bands. Oh, okay. Because, you know, you'd be on stage and there would and like you would look out at the bar and like oh. now it's more of a rectangle. Sure, yeah. And, but yeah, when I was there it was uh, still a rectangle, but it was just like the stage was here with yeah. The There's stage like dead was here. space in front of the stage. Or the no, yeah, you'd look out and like the bar, the main bar was like right in front of you, and there was more audience over here oh, okay, and over okay. here, and it wasn't. It was still okay, but you could definitely. But still, you're a just for that. I'm always like, oh my god, and I and you know I was backstage with like Mitch Hedberg yeah, and Doug yeah. Stanhope and Bobby Slayton, and uh, then I was also on the show with like uh, Sean Cullen and uh, this duo um lisa and shoshana and they came out and did like a, a lounge version of kiss and they were in okay. sort of lounge it was really funny it was supposed to be this alternative show um and i just i went out and you know and also doug stanhope had bombed just before i You're went kidding. on wow and uh so then uh, i went on, and it just didn't but also it didn't go the way i thought it would and but also i was so glad that at least it was i had my dreams crushed early so it gave me a little bit of perspective to know that, okay, well, maybe the next time I go to a festival, I'm not going to be like, this is it. Yeah, it yeah. Sort yeah, of yeah. like, well. Especially just for last, because that's the one that's been around forever. Sure. And yeah. You and think I, you've made it when you. And right? I guess to have your, you know, uh, you know, your dreams crushed early on is a little bit better. Put more than, in perspective. For sure. Yeah. 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 Like, so, here's and, the business of comedy right here. Yeah. yeah. And you also kind of realize, okay, well, you should, it gets you used to being happy with where you are. And, and not yeah, it would have been worse if you were 18 years in, you finally got just for laughs. You're like, this has all been going to this moment, and then the same thing happened. And then kaboom. Right, right. Well, back before we went, or before I went, there was those, those stories of holding deals on just for laughs. Yes. Like, so-and-so yes. got 700 grand, you know what I mean? Yes. So uh, there was that kind of uh, star that you would try to reach, but by the time we got there, there was no such thing as sitcom yeah. deals anymore, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. like around 99, there was still the buzz of like, hey, this could really go somewhere. Yeah, exactly. And Because uh, I think that was the... Uh, Darren, I think your baby's awake. <laughs> <laughs> baby. I know. 
of all the things that could be out in the hallway screaming <laughs> children is... Is that the next guest? That's the next guest, yeah. 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 That's, that's Simon Kidd's illegitimate son. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, yeah. Hear him scream? <laughs> <laughs> People in Edmonton can. Tell my dad to shut up. Yeah, he found yeah. a woman with reproductive systems as fast as his act. He, he just fucked her and that's she gave right. a baby and the baby's screaming outside. Within the last half hour, yeah. the baby's gestated and came yeah. up. Yeah, the 20 minutes we've been shooting the shit is... He uh, looks like a gerbil. She is a gerbal. The gestation period's perfect. Yeah. So if there's ever the apocalypse, I want Simon King and that chick to be around. So we'll start Repopulate building up the word. The yeah, real oh, fast. God, God, God. Um, that's, and then, so what... Uh, so post that you did a lot of you did a lot of TV work because I mean you yeah started, yeah you started mixing your stand up with a bit more on camera and that's what kind of helps living in Alberta too is I got some TV work and uh, I still do a little bit for shock. what's what's the TV work uh, here I, I do this thing called golf tips in in Calgary or in Alberta it, it airs and uh, but for we, years you did the, like the movie show we did movie I did the inside entertainment and yeah. stuff like that oh and, yeah uh, okay I do remember seeing yeah, that. yeah 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 so I work for this production company don't work for them anymore so yeah I kind of went freelance as far as working with the TV but even on here. that show like you were what was your main job there? Was it reviewing movies, interviewing people? It, it was reviewing movies and going to these junkets, you know, yeah, yeah. these movie junkets, which were always, so which you, were always fun because the movie, the studios want you to like their movie. So, and I bought in wholeheartedly. Like yeah, they, well, they'd not? fly in for, uh, you know, a hot chick with Rob Schneider. Yeah. And I'd actually see myself, geez, great movie. That's just, uh, that's, you know, there's Oscar written all over this. <laughs> you know, because you're, they're giving you a room at the Beverly Hills Hilton. Oh, come on, right. man. I get Unlimited it. tab to the room. Sure. And, you know. Did, yeah. Did how well they treat you affect how much you could bullshit? with a movie of just absolutely, like absolutely absolutely yeah. yeah there were so many movies like the haunted mansion with eddie murphy and stuff oh my god disney treated you like gold and all the swag you'd have so did like, you interview eddie murphy i did yeah it was funny to as a comic you guys realize this sure find this interesting uh the entire cast except for eddie murphy eddie murphy got interviewed at a different hotel eddie demanded to be interviewed in his own hotel so he had right. to take a shuttle to interview eddie murphy because he didn't want to be in the same hotel and I wonder where, where you get that kind of confidence, right? Well, I think he used from, to be one of us way back in the day, and now sure. he's, he doesn't want to be in the same building as the rest of the cast. But, you know, being on eight, being 18 or 19 and on SNL, it, that would have to, to do it. it. It's funny, you know, um, that, and I, I want to talk more about the, the junkets sure, and movies sure, yeah. and stuff. But it's funny, if you ever watch those old SNL episodes from those years where it was like Piscopo, or no, those sort of non-Lauren Michaels early 80s years, and when they start naming off the people in the cast, and then they mention Eddie Murphy, the crowd explodes. Oh, he was huge, it yeah, was just, he, was, he was absolutely huge. But it's just for the, for just when they're reading the names off to get that kind yeah. of pop. Now what the, it'd, be hard so, to, it'd be hard to keep a, a, not an ego, get an ego so with you, that, yeah. When you interview someone like Eddie Murphy, did you even let him know you did stand-up comedy? Uh, I didn't, Eddie Murphy. Tim Allen I did, and he kinda, we kind of connected that way uh, yeah. it's it's really interesting uh, I did the uh, what was the anger management with uh, Adam Sandler Jack Nicholson and uh, Marissa Tomei and of course Jack didn't do the junket so no, right. of course but uh, you know I don't know junkets work like you just sit outside the hotel and wait for your turn you're sitting yeah, beside, you go in, you sit yeah you're seat, sitting by a reporter same from backdrop. Pittsburgh everyone's got the exactly. same backdrop yeah and so I'm sitting beside this one reporter I'm about to go in to interview uh, Marissa Tomei and he goes you ever interviewed Marissa Tomei before I go no she, he's like buckle up like she's mean 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 I go, oh, no, fatty will get out there and make her all jolly, right? <laughs> I'll dance around for a bit and cheer her up. So that yeah. was my game plan. I, I got oh, my she, pocket full of chocolate. She, she gets right. too angry. I just get She can't be mad at a jumpy fat guy, right? Yeah. And uh, the, the the TV network I worked for, they they give you questions to ask. Like, you can't go in there and ask whatever you want. You have to yeah. ask questions. And these questions are already probably also checked by publicists. Kind of, sure yeah, not, yeah. You know, throwing them under the bus. Exactly. Or a question, they're like, what the you fuck? Yeah, you, you can't be like, yeah, I saw you making out with whatever. But... I walk in and I sit down with Marissa Tomei and she just looks me in the eye. The person's doing her hair. Three, two, one, start the interview. And I say a, a question I was given. 
hey, the movie's called Anger Management. What makes you angry? And she goes, you know what makes me angry? That fucking question. Oh, and I okay. sat there for another six minutes in the most uncomfortable interview you're ever going to. And she couldn't have been less pleasant. Next interview is Adam Sandler. It was like talking to you guys, one of the best guys in the world. High-fiving right. on the way out. Yeah. And he was by far the more popular actor at the of time. Of course, oh. of course. But she, uh, she still feels like she has that, you know, she can get away with that. But what attitude. part of you, like this is why I could never do what you did. First of all, I couldn't suck it all in and say it was a good movie. So more, yeah, power, that, no, to I would more say- power to you. But number two, at that moment, I think I would have said, you do realize that was a question that was provided to me to yeah. ask you. The, the, that's right, but that, I don't you know. know if I, I don't know. I wouldn't have the. I didn't have the balls to do that. I was you're trying. not new. I'm not new. We're just trying to get through this. Right, right. No, go I didn't have yourself. the balls. Then I'd say, "Go fuck yourself." And I work <laughs> yeah. for this company, and I'm not, not going to lose this job, am I? Yes, yeah, so you would. I would have lost. Yeah. The biggest sellout was. Uh, I'm a huge Edmonton Oilers fan. As sad as that is. Oh God, is that? But uh, I did interview Jake Gyllenhaal for that Day After Tomorrow movie. Sure. And he was here filming Brokeback Mountain at the time. So literally, we flew to New York to do the Junket at the same time. Right. And uh, so I go into the room, and Kevin, this is, uh, Jake, this is Kevin from Calgary. And he's like, oh, Calgary just went to the Flames. It was during their playoff run. And I get, there's me and him on, him on camera going, go Flames, go. Because oh, I'm such a sellout, right? Yeah, and sure. I just wanted to be friends with Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. Sure. You know, so. But he was super nice, too. Like, there's guys like that that just made but it worthwhile. Uh, do, do you become friends with the other people on the junkets? Yeah. Do you see them all the time? You hang out. You go have dinner. You use your per diems together and go down at the nice lobby bar and drink and eat. Like right, games. right. Yeah, yeah. And did you, was, it, was there ever a time where it's like not the same uh, junkie, but not the same where it's were more of a mingle type situation where the stars, some maybe not the top stars were in, in a room or something? Or was it always that setup of camera? For the most part, it was set up one-on-one. You get your seven minutes. There yeah. was one they did the DVD release for Indiana Jones the the dvd box set and they brought in all the female leads yeah and they sat on a stage and we interviewed them from the the from theater the audience yeah. and then harrison ford harrison ford makes a surprise like comes in waves and leaves did you he know? do this yeah. a lot yeah he did a lot of point. <laughs> point the finger yeah put his earring in and left yeah but yeah uh, if, if harrison ford is what the weirdest guy to see being interviewed like i saw him on letterman the last week he was uh, and and conan like i've heard that he's like a chronic pothead yeah yeah uh and but i saw him on conan o'brien and it was just it, it was that semi kind of it was almost uncomfortable to watch because really? he's just so he's just so out there and i don't know if that is what makes him such a great actor that that him he's such a weirdo off the eccentric usually do uh, yeah, yeah and then maybe he just gets into his wardrobe yeah. and then he gets on set and he's surrounded by right. this stuff and then it all comes out but uh i mean i think he's a great actor but man what a fucking weirdo well, on. who at the age of whatever 40 45 he decides you know i'm gonna start wearing an earring now yeah. Well, you know what right. I mean? where, where does that come yeah. in? Maybe the yeah. odd desperate comic saying, out there yeah. might be like, "Am I hip now to the kids? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You college kids love the earring. <laughs> what side is it on? Is it on this one? Yeah. Which one makes me gay? You know? It's... Yeah. Can I expand my earlobe more? Is yeah. It, yeah. But uh, I I learned well, a lot. What was it like? The... You know, you, you one week because I could just imagine like one week you're interviewing like I said Eddie Murphy, Marissa Tomei, yeah. or whatever, and then three days later you're driving to Leduc to do a corporate. <laughs> yeah. In minus 30, and you almost die, and you play to 30 people, and they're nice people and everything, but you're like, fuck. Like, last week I was talking to Rob Schneider. True, and I was at the Beverly Hills Hilton and stuff yeah. like that. But I, doing those junket interviews, I really got a feel for how, how fake all that business right. is. And it, it, it actually uh, solidified my love of making somebody in Leduc laugh because it was just like the pangers on and the, and the fakeness of that. I, 
I, I started to realize maybe I don't want to be a part of this. Right, right. I'm not saying I don't want to be in a movie, don't want to make millions of dollars. Yeah, if but, someone's calling you, you're not going to be like, you know what, you know I what? got 30 people in Leduc to make <laughs> yeah, laugh. Yeah. But I understand what you're saying. It, it, I just it, realized, boy, the lot of this kind of change what you see. It's like for me, and the I, schmoozing involved, the, the, the sucking up, the, the knowing the right people and all that is just... I don't have that in me to be that it's, much it's of a like schmoozer. When I started doing movies, even just a small roles, I'd have to do ADR where you go in and you right, fix the, the right. audio. I can't watch a movie now without knowing when something's dubbed. Like I can tell when the sound has just changed and someone's dubbing. Right. So it kind of wrecks the Takes movie. Takes the magic away from it. Takes me, yeah. the magic. So I can't even watch movies now without that happening. So my wife's always like, who fucking cares if that's dubbed? I'm like, dubbed. She's yeah. Like, Shut up. I don't care if you it's dubbed. You reckon it for your wife? You know, too, right? it. <laughs> and it's like, I'm sure it's like you said, once you see behind the you know the curtain and you know what the wizard is. Yeah. Well, did you notice that too? I mean, your hairspray yeah. and my daughter loves hairspray. Sure. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's not, like I always laugh when people, and Dave's got a great joke about some, some something like this. I always laugh when I see you can win a day on a movie set. Right, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, Doritos presents win a day. I'm like, do you realize how fucking sad a movie set <laughs> yeah. is? Star Spend 12 hours in a trailer. Yeah, yeah literally. Yeah. Like, when I did uh, Don't Say a Word with Michael Douglas, I mean, he was a really nice guy, but it was literally like waiting around in the rain like hating yourself and then it would be like Michael Douglas is coming to set Michael Douglas is coming to set he'd come on to set for five minutes you do the scene he'd leave Michael Douglas is gone to set and you wait another six hours and you stand there and wait for him and you know and this wasn't him this is just all the bullshit with the, with the set he right. just said fuck it I'm not gonna wait here I'm taking off to my you know giant trailer sure he gets a 60 inch TV in his trailer right and, yeah. you know and an Xbox or whatever that's right hookers and blow but and all that Yeah, I could just imagine some two teen girls go ooh we're on the set yeah yeah exactly we're gonna eat the same chicken that they eat <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? we're gonna rub shoulders ooh. with the Hannah Montana. Yeah, we're going to yeah. blow Harrison Ford because he'll be too high. <laughs> you know, it ain't going to happen. But you've done a lot of movies, I know, and it's this, the waiting around is unbelievable, sure. right? Yeah. And once you do realize behind it, it's like, that, guy, that guy's actually a cunt. Yeah, he's yeah. not a nice person. He's portrayed as a nice person, and his image is a nice person, but he's not really that nice of a person. And a lot of these people are the biggest stars in the world. You're like, yeah. well, I don't know if I can be that person to become that person. Right. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. I was like a – I mean, but then, again, you know, you run into the odd, like, uh, like I was on a set with the – there was a – uh, the truth um, that lies. It was like uh, Colin Firth and Kevin Bacon. Oh, right, there right. was that movie yes. where they played like I a comedy duo, yes, yes, and yes, then there yes. was like a murder. It was like a Martin Lewis kind of. Yeah, and and uh, yeah, and then there was like a like a uh, there was like a woman that was uh, murdered and found in a trunk or something yes. like that. It was I've all seen based this movie. On a, I heard review this movie. It wasn't a bad yeah. movie. Yeah, it, it was actually pretty good. Um, but uh, the day that uh, I was on, I was on set for it. Um, that uh, then everyone was lining up, and then all of us, I sort of, we're all lining up at the same lunch line, and I look over my shoulder, and uh, um, and then Kevin Bacon's there, and I was like, oh shit, sorry, did, did you want to go in front of me? And uh, he just looked at me, he was like, well, no, are you unless you're going to plan on eating everything here? <laughs> so I was he like, he <laughs> <laughs> <It> was, <laughs> but he has such a great story of just like uh, of just that, and I think that you know you hear about the guys that had that gradual climb, yeah. Uh, Probably are just more genuine people because I remember or highs and lows. Yeah, had right. highs and lows I think Justin Bieber is the best example of that. Where that's he went from nothing to something, and now look at him. You know? yeah. yeah, and now like, oh, I'm going to get my bodyguards to carry me on the Great Wall <laughs> yeah, of China right. shit. But I mean, Kevin Bacon, he was like, uh, he was in Animal House, and he was working as a waiter. Uh, at that same time when the movie premiered and so he didn't even have like a ticket he was like wow. he was literally at his waitering job and being like uh, this m movie that I'm in is premiering down the street and he was trying to get out of a, a shift and that sort of thing it's like uh, I always think that, that I'd like to meet Tom Hanks because he does seem like the coolest he does, doesn't oh, he? He does, yeah. 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 and I've and heard it, that he is very well, nice you, know, you never interviewed him? never did never. no 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 
But like you know that uh, I saw it on like Facebook or something like that. There was like a guy. There were some people drinking at a bar. Yeah. And uh, they were drinking at a bar, and I guess one of the people at the table passed out. And uh, oh, then yes. all of a sudden, Tom Hanks and a buddy is drinking at the at the bar. <laughs> yeah. And then these guys that are at a table, then Tom Hanks just comes by because he hey, get a picture <laughs> yeah, of this. Yeah. And it got his buddies to take a picture of, like, the <laughs> guy passed out and Tom Hanks. And just imagine <laughs> be like, oh, shit, I missed Tom Hanks. How drunk was I, man? Yeah. That's, that's, but that's you know a great what, story. But, no, but no, I can't see, like, a Jack Nicholson wouldn't do that. Well, you know what's funny? Uh, you know, I worked with a lot of beautiful reporters at, at this TV station that would also do the junkets. And they'd come back with the tapes and uh this beautiful reporter that worked with us uh, interviewed morgan freeman yeah it was a funny scenario because they, they they roll the tape before you come and sit down so you have a little tape to play with eh? sure of course and yeah. so the tape's rolling and you see his side of the tape uh, and and as she's walking in morgan freeman's like mm, damn girl mm, damn, where are you from she's like calgary's like i've never been but i'm going now and then okay three two one interview uh morgan freeman and he does yeah, yeah, yeah. and then interviews over thanks for having me morgan damn girl she's leaving Puts on a big pimp hat, you know. Yeah, complete yeah, the pimp hat. Yeah, it was literally like that. As she's even like, mm, I'm gonna watch you walk out, girl. You know, would it be sad if she did the same thing to you? Yeah, <laughs> boy, where are you from? I, you know, me being such a star lover. Yes, yeah, I do have a nice ass. Thank you, Morgan Freeman. Do you want to come to Calgary? Can I see your ass? Yeah. <laughs> I love your ass too. Now, was there ever anyone that you thought was going to be a hard ass? Or not the easiest interview. Like you maybe you'd heard from one of the other guys, oh, that person. But then you kind of got in the room and you're like, fuck, that was easier. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne was, uh, I was yeah, told he, he was really tough. Yeah, I've he was tough, but, tough. But I, I made him laugh and uh, we got along really well. And Tiger Woods, I just did a phoner interview with. And uh, that's like recently? Was, uh, this, is, no, this is way back before, before all the this scandal. Went down. Yeah, oh, this okay. was like his first EA sports game. That's why he was doing it. Oh, right okay. And made him laugh right off the bat and very easy to talk to, too. So those are the, probably the two where I thought, oh, jeez, I'm going to. And was there anyone that you met was like kind of a childhood hero or like, you know, like for me, Eddie Murphy would be amazing. Yeah, that was. He wasn't a hero of mine, but he's definitely someone I've invested a lot of time watching. Yeah. And seeing it would be it would be amazing. That was for me. I thought Eddie Murphy would be a major interview that I would really like. Did you ever, and like he was Albert very... Brooks or anyone? No, no, no. Like Tim Allen, when I said I was a stand-up, he got right into talking stand-up with it me. It would have been funny if you said that uh, you were a former Coke dealer. Yeah. Then you could have <laughs> riffed with Tim Allen about that. <laughs> and like, I All spent the some... good old days. <laughs> you don't remember that, ain't Tim? Yeah. Yeah, I, I spent some time in jail, too. It's, it, it, you do get <laughs> paying for everything with rolled-up 20s. Yeah. 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 The, uh... Compare uh, homemade tattoos. Oh, I got one of those, too. <laughs> I remember seeing like Tim Allen being interviewed once he was talking about huh yeah you know if you'd spend some you'd, after a while in jail you just get used to taking his shit in front of another man it's no big deal <laughs> he said like, oh, huh he, he said that somebody asked yeah. him that or he said that no he was talking about like his because oh you know he got arrested for no, like, I know, being I know, a coke I know, yeah. dealer but he was just like yeah you know if after a while in jail you just get well I'm, I gotta take a shit you know there's uh, there's oh. no stall you, I'm just well this is how it is and you know, you're literally just unreal. With, hey, how are you? You know, waving at the guy that's in the bunk upstairs, and you got to get uh, used to it. Got to well, get used to it. Yeah, but it's first. You know what? You surprised me. This is not even a junket thing. I got to open for Harlan Williams when I first started doing stand up. Yep. And he could not have been nicer. And I remember saying to myself, if I ever become famous, that's how I want to be. I want to be yeah, like Harlan yeah. Williams is. To other people. Got a very good rep. He, he wasn't even nice to other comics. He was nice to everybody. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. his rep. That's exactly it. And yeah. that's. I think it was a good influence to start by working with him. Like, okay, that's how you're supposed to act. If yeah. You're, and he still to this day is like that, right? Yeah, so. yeah, no, for sure. Harlan's got that rep. No, no, no. I, I yeah, it, it's always nice to hear when you when like you you. Harlan's one of those people I've never heard anything. Oh, but bad. Yeah, if you ever come into your hero and you're like, oh, Jesus, I've um, heard you're not supposed to talk to your heroes apparently. You know, you know? Uh, it's funny. I worked with Emo Phillips. Like for me, right. Emo, Woody Allen, and uh, Kinnison were big 
influences on me when I was a young, young teenager. And part of the reason I started doing stand-up, the first time I worked with Emo was a dream come true. But then the second time I worked with him, it didn't go well at all. As far as getting along with him? Or? Getting along with him. And, and also, um, he was kind of like talking down to what I was doing. Uh, yeah. uh, not because when I worked for them, I just stayed clean. But, you know, my act isn't normally right, clean. Right. And people would come up to him and he would just kind of kind of trash what my normal thing would be uh, and it was kind of hard but i'm like he has the right to his opinion and it's kind of like it just kind of because you want to be best friends with your hero no, right not yeah. so much that but it's just like mm, all right well now this is never going to happen again right. I don't want to be around him you know right i don't I, I still love emo I, if i saw him it'd be like really cool to watch him sure I his act is still hang out with him or you know kind of thing but yeah i well i had a um i was like a concierge at a hotel like a, the midnight concierge at a hotel okay so you must be and uh there was like um it was like a, I think Quentin Tarantino was doing four rooms, okay. you know, that, and uh, using Toronto for that, and and you just see people going up to him and, and like with scripts, and oh. I can remember just seeing him being like, listen, he would just tell people, listen, I I, I write movies and I direct <laughs> movies, I don't produce movies, do what I did, find a producer, and then it wasn't like. And people would have this look in their eyes, just like, but, but just take. But it's it. gotta be tough because, he, and maybe he did deal with that for the first bit. He's like, okay, I'll take your script. But after yeah. the thousands, thousands guy, right? Be- and then uh, I, I had to take something up to. No, I then I had to ride the elevator up with him, and I just remember I turned and I had some stuff that I was taking up to his room for him, and I just turned to him and goes, "That must just drive you absolutely right. nuts, huh?" And he was like, "Yeah, but you know." He was like, I, I see where it's coming from, and yeah. people get desperate. Yeah. They want their dreams to be out there, and um, the the best one, and I, not like he was a big idol of mine, but uh, was it um, uh, Edward James? Uh, who's the Who's the Darth Vader voice? Edward guy? James, almost. Uh, Edward? No, no, that's no. The, that's, um, uh, that's the guy from the that's Latino. the Latino guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Darth um, Vader. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's <a> Skywalker, man. <laughs> James Earl Jones. James. Yeah. I am your father. Yeah, and I'm going to take off. We're the yeah. Chewbacca. Yeah, playing low rider going <laughs> through right, the galaxy. All right. like, <laughs> have your fun. Go ahead, keep it going, Dave. Have your fun. Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah. I remember James almost. Hey, but the, uh, right. Princess Leia. Yeah, yeah. But uh, oh, right. So it was. Um, <laughs> hey, we have doing this with fucking Cheech and Chong. Go on. <laughs> That's right. We get. Let's uh, do it here for a while. We just wrote, <laughs> the, uh, just wrote an SNL skit, man. <laughs> it, uh, it was. Uh, it was Richard Harris and. Did we? Who was the James Earl Jones? James Earl Jones, Jones, right? That's why it's the three name thing. <laughs> yeah, it's the three name. Uh, so uh, <laughs> Richard Harris and James Earl Jones, they came back hammered uh, from oh. across the street because there was some movie that they had just did wow. was at the festival. And Richard Harris is always hammered, right? Well, he, well, that was his rep. Yeah, yeah that's right. Well, yeah. but uh, but he, he's. I think he would say that he is ref, uh, that he doesn't drink anymore. Okay, but in alcoholic terms, that just meant that he drinks beer. That's right. Yeah. So yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. he's off the hard liquor. Yeah. And so they were coming back in and. I guess they were just over at uh, this place, Bistro 990, which is where all, all the, the uh, festivals, you know, that's where they would go to eat. Um, and this is like 90, 93, 94 okay. maybe or something like that. So they were coming back, and both of them were just shitting on Quentin Tarantino, going on about, hey, what a fucking Christ figure everyone's making him out to be no over way. at that place. And um, then James Whoa. Earl Jones went up to his room. Everything's fine. Richard Harris forgot what hotel room he was in, <laughs> and he went up to the counter, and he was just like um, – and of course, he had to. Inter- the guy behind the counter didn't know who he was, right. and I'm like, "Oh shit, that's Richard Harris! This yeah. is amazing, MacArthur Park, and holy shit!" And he was in Unforgiven. That's what was so cool. And uh, then he, uh, and the guy was like, "And your name, sir? My name's Richard Harris. And what room were you in?" 
listen, my name is Richard Harris. Why don't you tell me what room I was in? <laughs> and uh, then, uh, and I, yeah, then I had to take him up to his room, and I thought, oh, well, maybe, there's, maybe he'll tip me or something like that. And then, uh, then I had to work the key for him because he didn't know wow, how to do that. that is and, drugs. and then he just threw up in the room. And, uh, and then as the door was closed, he was, cheerio! And then that was <laughs> I'm it. Richard Harris. Yeah, that's it. And, um, I remember I met, uh, I didn't meet, but I was on uh, Queen Street. I think I might have told this on the show before. It's kind of the reason why I'm not a big fan of kind of celebrityism and, and, right. and all that. And Dan Aykroyd is walking from uh, the Horseshoe down to X-Ray, which is a long stretch of a bunch of bars. Okay. And it was like around 2 a.m., so all the bars were spilling out. And he's walking down the street, and I'm, I'm, there's like a whole chain of bars. So there's like 30 people in a row, and then about a 20-foot gap, and then me by myself like at the end. And he's walking down, and he was like, I love you, Dan Aykroyd. He's like, thank you very much. I love you, man. You're the best. Thank you very much. You and John were great. Thank you very much. You know, I was like, just every, every which way you could say you're the greatest. Right, he's right, like, yeah. thank you, thank you, thank you. He gets to the gap. He walks at 20 feet. He gets to me. He looks at me, and I'm just like, and I just shake my head like, there's no fucking way I'm saying anything. You know, because he just kind of gives this look of like, all right, like, thank you. It probably know? made you stand out, well, too, right? You're, one, you're the one guy like, that's I don't like... want to be number 87 right. in a day of telling someone they're great. Yeah. It means nothing, you know? And I'm not saying I wouldn't, if I ever met Dan Aykroyd, I wouldn't be like, hey, I think you're really amazing. But I'm definitely not going to do it after 87 people did it, you know? Right, right. You're, you're really... just one of those 80 at that yeah. point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it makes you think that probably an assault charge is the best way to get to know someone. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you're the guy that punched me in the face. Yeah, I got a clothesline Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> you're going to remember this. Yeah. I love you. I love you, Dan. <laughs> Yeah, Edward James almost. I loved you in Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, okay. Okay, keep on, uh, keep it on, and stay with the show. This is the break, and then we come back. Anything goes to the week of November twentieth. Our final uh, segment interview with Kevin Stobo. Get ready to try and shower the filth off. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost and Dave Martin. Hey there, this is Jimmy Mack, and you can follow me on Twitter at Winnipeg Mac, or you don't have to. But right now, you're listening to Anything Goes with Darren Frost and Dave Martin on Sirius XM Radio. There we go. Holy oh, shit, man. One take Mac. One take Mac. Get those letter writing pens ready. We're back. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost and Dave Martin. All right, now uh, this is our final little chat with Kevin Stobo. Yeah, here we're gonna, we uh, we chat a little bit about uh, the audition process. You know, Kevin kind of gets back into his uh, his interviewing mode, and he kind of talks to Darren more about his uh, experiences on hairspray and uh, all that jazz, and uh, and then we uh, we wrap it up. So it was a fun conversation with Kevin, and here's the final segment. Okay. Are you still are you still acting are you still auditioning for I'm some doing, both I'm you guys some, I'm doing some acting yeah. but not a lot I do a lot of cartoon voices oh okay still, okay thing, yeah. Dave you have an agent uh, I, I do but I, and it's uh, I think well you kind of have to go through the hoops of doing commercials first okay, okay. it seems like in Toronto before they let you yeah. in to read for other things living here that's we don't get involved like you guys are national commercials out there national or movies are being yeah, filmed out there I, sure. yeah, yeah. but there is still that sort of that misconception that like Oh well, why would this guy be good to read for a couple lines on a TV show like Flashpoint if he can't sell microwave popcorn? Is that right? Really? They, they, but they, they have to have a resume a of, of McKinsey. There is a little bit of that. Yeah, I mean, unless you know that 
there are unless some you're people. a classically trained theater actor and you're doing plays and that casting director goes out and sees those plays, then you might be able to kind of jump ahead of that. But there is that sense of like for me, I could never get into TV and film. Did a whole bunch of commercials. Then I did one commercial for Microsoft where I was Hermes or whatever. Okay. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, three casting directors like, "Who is that guy?" Oh, really? Once you and get then your it's face like, out there, it's like boom! I jumped out of the commercials into acting on TV. But if I wouldn't have done that stupid mascotty commercial, it didn't matter at that point. I'd done stand up for ten years. Oh, right, they don't matter. care about that. Yeah. Do you see guys when you show up at auditions like, "Wow, well, he's got it"? Because there's some commercials where there's some Canadian I, actors that are in almost now, every commercial, especially right? yeah. like you know sure. you, when you see that like you're going in for the same thing as like someone like like Peter Callahan or something like see, that. See, I wouldn't know his Forget name, it. but I bet you I'd know his face. Right? Well, the yeah. guys, he's yeah, the newsroom, he, red green. Oh, so there you go. Okay, you know, he's been in like, oh, that guy, and it, it is just that. Uh, that weird thing, but I, I, there also isn't that uh, separation as much between like, oh, I'm a commercial actor, especially in Canada. Too, right, yeah. Well, I remember like, when, I was, when I was in L.A., for 99, for a very short period of time, I got a commercial audition. I didn't get very many of them, so I'm sitting there going, this is a really stupid fucking Kia commercial. I'm never going to get it because all the paperwork hassle. But I'm like, I'll just go right. do it to do it. And I'm like, you know, trying to talk myself out of it. And who walks in but Greg Proops. Wow. You know, and I'm like, what the fuck? For the same Greg? audition? For the same Holy audition. Shit. I'm like, and part of me died inside because I'm like, this is what's wrong with show business. That fucking Greg Proops, who's hysterical and great, has to schlep in a shitty fucking. But then I, for, you know, you forget it's a 50 grand Kia commercial for two days of work. For sure. It's a gig for him. Yeah, exactly. You know. And you, you, you grow up under the illusion like, oh, Greg Proops is getting his phone ringing off the hook probably for... Hey, no, dollars. he's got audition for million, stuff. Yeah. When, I get, when I had my commercial line, and I did have a bit of a run, people thought I was a... You know, some of my relatives thought I was making like... Oh, yeah. Almost a million dollars. You were on because, commercials a lot yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Commer- you know, they thought, oh, man, you must be living in a big house. And <laughs> right, right. This. They don't get it. You only make roughly three grand a commercial. Right, right. You know, so it's like, even though they play the fuck out of it for 13 weeks, you're only getting three grand total. I also think that stand-ups, too, uh, also don't have a great reputation as far as, like, uh, being, like, Easy a- actors and easy and to work actors. with. I hear you, yeah, we're so used to being well, working on our own. Yeah, we're yeah. so easy being ourselves and just and being, like... Yeah, it's like, like I still have to remember who's in the room, and I, yeah. you know, I recently saw a commercial on TV that I auditioned for, and I was sort of like, because, and I, I went through the audition process, and I thought, oh, well, that that felt really good, and then I saw the commercial, and then I started thinking back to uh, actually the the uh, being there, your uh, audition, at the actual audition, and I was like. Because the audition was the, uh, it was like for, uh, I think it might have been Molson Canadian or something like that. Right. And this guy's going to uh, put his grandfather clock uh, into this wood chipper. Oh, sure. That's airing right now. Yeah, yeah. Right. And, for tickets, uh, what would you do for hockey Yeah, tickets? what would you do for hockey tickets? And so I'm standing there and uh, I'm, uh, <laughs> and there are people here. It doesn't, nobody has a name tag saying who they are. But now I realize, well, that's probably the client. That's the, right. probably producer, one of the producer. Director. That's the casting person. That's the director. And so the first thing I say is like, uh, so this guy, uh, this guy doesn't realize he can watch the game on TV, and they're all looking at me. Ready to go, Dave. I'm basically like, yeah, that shit. I'm shitting, that I'm shitting on that whole joke. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I yeah, realize. The writer that. really enjoyed. I that. think that would be the hardest part too. As a stand-up, it'd be hard not to be the try to be the funniest guy on the set or, or you read this, the center of attention, right? Yeah, you, well, you read or a, call bullshit on bullshit. Yeah, well, you, you read a commercial like it's a sketch. And you just you can't you kind of look at it going like hey you know it actually would be funny if yeah, I'm gonna go way over the top of yeah, yeah and then uh, and then so th- I don't know at what point maybe I got dismissed I don't even know if they didn't even like that idea but uh, um, 
but it, it was one of those moments of like, oh, yeah, I got to remember. Not you have to, to know your place as an well, actor. Well, yeah, or you have to be like, I, I'm going in here as an actor yeah, and yeah. not as a stand-up. Yeah, you're working so, the crowd that's behind the camera. And exactly. You're not supposed to be doing yeah, that. Yeah. 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 And, and even, if, even if you think that you're, you're killing with those people at the desk, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. Hey, sure, like, they'll be like, he was funny, but he's not right for this even, commercial. Here's exactly. the story. I'm not sure if I've told this story on the show about hairspray. So I'm on hairspray. I get 21 days on it. In the beginning, it was a reoccurring joke I had all the way through the script. Okay. It was a much bigger role. Not considerably, but a couple more. I lines. always point out to my daughter. I know that guy. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and they right away day one they're like, yeah, we're cutting your part down, oh, and uh, that just happens, you yeah, know, because of time. So. And I'm like, okay, cool. But I had one scene where I actually have um, a back and forth with Michelle Pfeiffer, and um, the camera's over my shoulder filming Michelle Pfeiffer, and this is like day 17. I've been there. Uh, what's his name's already asked for my DVD, the lead, uh, Zach Efron. Oh, really? Right on. I didn't give it to him because he was too young. <laughs> uh, and it's kind of going around that I'm a stand-up, so some of the younger people are kind of asking me questions. Anyways, so I'm there with Michelle Pfeiffer. She does her lines back and forth, and then they reverse where they're going over her shoulder. Now, normally she doesn't have to be there. They right, just they get a stand-in right, or yeah. whatever with the same hair. But she's like, I'm just going to do this anyways. You she, know? Was really, she was fairly nice then. Really? Like, I, I couldn't believe it, right? I'm like, this is really cool. Like, she's just hanging out, Very right? Very cool. So I, now I do my lines, which are funny lines, and I nail it. And at the end of the take, everyone laughs, and the director yells, great job, Michelle. <laughs> Michelle's not in the shot. Great over-the-shoulder acting, Michelle. Yeah. She's, it's all me. <laughs> Crazy. And even Michelle Pfeiffer gave me this look of like, what the fuck? And I'm like, I just start nodding my head like, yeah, yeah. That sums it up Great right there. Great job, Michelle. And she goes like this. She goes, uh, what's, your, what's your character name in this? And I'm like, actually, I don't have a name. I'm just cameraman one. Like this. So they go, okay, so you always have to do two takes, no matter if the first one's great or not, okay. for a safety issue. So we do it again, back and forth. It kills. Cut. Great job, Michelle. <laughs> and then you can hear someone run over. Both of you! Like someone said, someone said yeah. Michelle's not even in the yeah. shot. They had to like, be reminded to compliment you. Like, oh, God. It's like that summed up that to sums me it up. the that whole experience. Up. I could brag about Hairspray all I want. I'm in it. I had scenes with the stars. But I've been there 17 days. The director, Adam Shankman, has no fucking idea who I am. Yeah. It's After 17 days. Unbelievable. Well, he knows that your cameraman won. Yeah. It couldn't even say that. Nice job, cameraman. Well, one. <laughs> what uh, now? How uh, as far as like uh, like where are you? And you're not doing the uh, the 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 TV with the not the golf. entertainment reporting anymore. Okay, just yeah. doing the golf. Just do golf. Show. And we had planned on that we were in the process of making a half hour golf show out of it. Okay. We were going to make half hour, and then the floods hit, and the golf course we filmed that. It got completely washed out. Jesus. Oh, man. So that you didn't want to turn that. it into a fishing or boating yeah, show. Or <laughs> <laughs> That'd be <laughs> fishing for golf balls. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so it was too bad. I was all excited. Like, oh, and there was like, okay, now I got some money coming in from this TV show. Sure. And the week, literally the week before we were going to start filming, the course was underwater. No, it uh, still is. Now, did, still you, is. Well, it's under little silt and all the yeah stuff. yeah yeah. yeah. It, it, the course is at the end of Calgary, and it had garbage cans from the Stampede grounds on their fairways. So these these garbage cans literally floated miles, several miles to get to this golf wow. course. Wow, that's man. how bad that flood was. Yeah. The um, now uh, were you a, a big golf guy before that? Yes, for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, I've always been a golf guy. Yeah. Oh so, man. So, so it was mean, right up my alley. I, could, I couldn't have been more excited. Right. We that, were going to do. We were going to go to different courses and, and profile that and different pros and all washed out. Literally washed out. Can that? I mean, can that come back or was what's the uh, we'll, status we'll, of that hopefully now? next year uh, yeah yeah but I, well i mean you have to wait for the for the that's season it and, to come and, back. And, yeah. and, the, and the guy that we that was sponsoring the show he's kind of lost 
uh, interest now because his, he's worried about his golf course at this point. Right. right. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, it's, it was pretty crazy. All right. Now, now were you affected by the flood? I don't know. I, no, I, I live, I live so far suburbia up North up by the airport. Literally I watched it on the TV. No different than living in Ontario watching it. Wow. But it, it was pretty crazy. It was I crazy. Mean. And we, you weren't allowed to come down and look at it. Well, they told you not to, yeah, right? Yeah, so we yeah, didn't. Yeah. yeah so, <laughs> like, but. I just I saw the footage and I was like I mean shocked. I well, mean, you know I mean, where the Yucks Club is I and mean, that was yeah, the casino yeah. was headwater. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. The basement they said it's, it's hard to believe and the river's quite away. The casino was just two feet lower. The whole casino would have been. And you saw rude. the pictures of the Saddle Dome, right? Oh where yeah. It was, oh, yeah. Up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hard to believe. Yeah. Now, uh, if uh, if people wanted to find you on the uh, on the internet, uh, uh, get to know more Kevin about Kevin Stobel.com, Twitter, Stobel. Kevin Stobel. I don't tweet, but I like reading Twitters. Okay. Yeah. And uh, Facebook, of course. How often do you get told to? Jump up and, and do more twittering, or do you get to? Nobody tells me to. No, okay. no, no. I, I should. I mean, that's part of self promotion, which I'm. Shitty at, but. You know, it's like Twitter should, is almost like that. Uh, you know, if if you know, comics will always have like a like a notebook on them. Right. It's almost like that notebook. Like every if you write something down in the notebook, just throw it up on Twitter anyways. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I, I wish I could be better too. at that, yeah. but uh, I'm lazy I'm okay when it comes to it. that too. Yeah, yeah, I like. Yeah, see, I like. Yeah, I wish I could be better. Okay. Thanks a lot, Kevin, for coming down. Man, very very cool. So Kevin Stobo and Kevin, Kevin Stobo on Twitter. All right. Very cool, man. Thanks a lot. All right. That is our interview with Kevin Stobo live from Calgary. Uh, we want to thank everyone for listening. And if you're interested, we have more uh, shows on iTunes. Please check that out and download them. And also, if you're interested in my uh, DVD, the fourth one just came out in September, you can order it on my website, comedyhorror.com. And I will be in uh, Newfoundland this weekend. Uh, the Angry Trail will be on the rock uh, trying to rip it up. So come on down if you're interested. Go to yuckx.com for tickets. And New Year's Eve, I'm in Ottawa. And Dave? Uh, well, of course, I obviously don't have a home on New Year's yet, uh, but I believe this coming, actually, my next date is going to be in uh, the lovely town of Windsor, and I will be at the Comedy Quarry. So if you're there, uh, come and check me out. Uh, I've heard stories about the Comedy Quarry, but it should be uh, interesting. It should be fun. So come on down to Windsor, and uh, let's have a good time. That's it for this week. Uh, next week, who knows how we have on. But uh, it'll be fun as always, and uh, thanks for listening. Party hard and party safe. Goodbye. That's it for this week. Anything Goes wants to thank Victoria for producing the show and George Westerholm for the music used. Follow the hosts on Twitter at Comedy Whore at Dave Martin World. Download new episodes every week on iTunes. Join the Facebook group and follow the show on Twitter at Anything Goes Hot. Anything Goes hopes you laugh, cry, and learn something. Come back next week. And until then, take it easy. <laughs>